1: Did you know that 75% of dogs are at risk or a carrier for a genetic health condition? Be proactive with your pup's health with an Embark Dog DNA test and get hundreds of actionable health insights that you can easily share with your vet. When you know your dog has an increased risk of a health condition, you and your vet can create a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DOG, that's D-O-G, to get $40 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DOG to save today.
0: Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink.
1: And right now, a small Minute Maid slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: What's up? It's a wild night right here on BeyondRingside.com, ProWrestlingRadio.net. Whew, goodness gracious, it's corner to corner time, Sunday night, 9 o'clock. You know where you're at. You know what you're doing. You're listening to us. It's me, Stan Grub, my tag team partners, Brian Taylor. Hello, people. <laughs> Sounds so menacing when you do that. Hello.
3: I am menacing.
2: Oh, all right. Uh, Of course, we are joined by Fast Eddie Lane. Edward, what's up, sir? Mr. Blue Sky, thank you for showing up every once in a while. You know, it'd be kind of nice if we could just get the humidity and crap to go away. I'm a little dumb with that. It's it's, it's a little (laughs) nasty outside.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I got the same problem down here in the Amazon
2: rainforest of Alabama. (coughs) Wow. Well, yeah. Yep, there were things sticking to things that aren't supposed to stick together. That's the best way I can put it, when I went out yesterday. That's what she said. So, damn it. Always gets you. Damn it. <laughs> oh, man, happy 4th of July to everyone. I hope everybody had a tremendous holiday weekend. We got a lot of cool stuff to talk about and some stuff that we don't normally talk about. We do some... Some armchair quarterbacking from time to time, but I think this one's a kind of a cool idea. Um, we'll talk about that one. Of course, Slammiversary going on right now. Uh, we are pulling results as they happen right from Lordspain.net. I believe Eddie is linked into Wrestling Inc. Is that what you said? Yep. So, one way or the other, we will bring the news to you, give you the results as they happen, and of course, you will be hearing the replay at c2cradio.listentomyshow.com as well. I did finally figure out the wonderful world of putting together a sound file so that the audio actually sounds like you can hear it. So... (laughs) Yeah, new new trick. You know, it's actually where you put it at the right megabyte or megabit or whatever the hell it's supposed to be called. This is why I'm just supposed to do the talking, not the mixing. Okay.
0: Well, let me go and throw this one out there. Normally, I'm um, normally I'm able to do a lot of the uh, production alongside of y'all as we broadcast live. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. real life got in the way with everything from travel situations to um, bookings to uh, my day job, as I like to call it, just being an immortal
2: pain in the ass. And I apologize for that. (laughs) Hey, hey, it happens, man. Jobs are jobs. We need them to pay those gimmicks that come in the mail called bills. Thank you, Mr. Steve Austin. Ah, boy, oh boy. So, Brian, you brought up something today that I absolutely loved. I love this idea. I wanted to go through it with you because, truly, it's, it's hot. It's in the news. It just went out there and broke live, what, today? Um, today or yesterday. I'm not sure. Fairly recently. I don't
3: know what you're talking about.
2: (laughs) It's an intriguing idea, the what-if game. Uh, What-if game. WWE reposted on uh, their website. uh, WWE, excuse me, not reposted, but reimagined. So I really like the concept. I love the idea of taking old footage from two different companies and asking the the age-old question of what if. And this one, this one is real, a real uh, brain teaser. One to make you really think it through because this is a great one. What if the Undertaker went to WCW? What a great question!
3: During the the Attitude, the well, no, the NWO era.
2: Very true, very true. And and the reason that he points it out that way is because of of course. You know Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan at his at his peak, and WCW at their peak. The Undertaker was the constant, the mainstay for WWE. He was, as Jim Ross put it, their conscience. Um, so the question was asked, and the video produced quite well, might I add, of what if WCW had acquired the Undertaker and he had gone south to perhaps conquer Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Um, let's go ahead and first talk about the what would have had to happen to have Undertaker finally just throw his hands up and leave. Um, Brian, let's start with you. What would have caused Undertaker, as content as he was, as well used as he was up to a point, what do you think would have caused him to change his mind and say, you know what, I'm going to go see what happens down in Atlanta? Well, even though I'm
3: not sure that this would uh, come into play because he is very loyal to the WWE, Mm -hmm. uh, I would venture to say that if Bischoff and his unlimited purse strings
4: Mm
3: -hmm. maybe had thrown the right amount of money into it and said, look, we are the hottest show out there. We're going to put you in the hottest storyline out there, and we're going to make you a legend. So maybe if Bischoff plays to his ego and his purse strings, you know, his his bank account, you might have been able to get The Undertaker.
2: It's an interesting dilemma that it presents because The Undertaker, just like Brian pointed out, just – notorious for being loyal to the wwe and i say it in that sense only because of the fact that we can only imagine how many offers were probably sent his way we don't really know and bischoff has never really let on that oh we were contacting undertaker every day uh he's been asked in one way shape or form how much of a magnitude it would have had but the question remains you know what would it have taken to have taker go from the phenom of WWE or WWF at the time to, you know, the, the dead man of WCW. Eddie, how would you have looked at that? I mean, what do you think it would have taken for Taker to finally make that journey? Is it all money? Is it, is it the, the legacy he leaves behind? What do you think it could have been?
0: A lot of it would have to do with money, at least in my personal opinion. I'm going to go ahead and turn this up a little bit more. There it goes. Now it sounds almost normal or as normal as you can get from me. Um, readers digest condensed cut. I think that that would have been a phenomenal mistake, um, for him to leave the WWE where they're at that particular point in time, as the undertaker character is packaged and presented because remember Mark Calloway was a part of WCW before he went to the WWE he was in. That's or, right, he Mean was in, Mark. Yeah, he was in World Class. He was in Memphis. He was in WCW, and was nominally successful, whether as the spoiler Texas Red or Me Mark Callis. Mm-hmm. And this is where I get into that creative discussion with everybody about how creative really was WCW. They weren't, Um, and no, I don't count Scorpion and or. You know, I, I do count chronic, however, but, you know, that was pretty cool. But, um. I think a lot of people count chronic. Glacier, um, and that, bu- uh, uh-uh. uh, no, sorry. I mean, good idea, but wrong demo. When Mark Calloway takes that offer and accepts, um, MFN status, most favored nation, because you know that Nash and Hall and Hogan are going to sit back and say, hell yes, get him down here. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to leave the dead man behind. He can't take any semblance of the dead man with him to WCW because WWE can turn around and sue for IP infringement, intellectual property. So anything close to a dead man persona, whether it, I mean, and by that point in time, uh, the American badass had not come into play. He couldn't use Undertaker couldn't use taker, couldn't use the dead man. They would have had to find something else as far as a packaging goes, because remember, and if you've listened to both 83 weeks and something to wrestle, you hear about the back and forth about how it was with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. Bischoff made the comment one time on 83 Weeks, if Turner Legal would have actually paid attention to what was going on, they could have countersued WCW saying that the uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel was a complete... Into- um, and also the Razor Ramon... Uh, excuse me, it was Ramon. Razor was Ramon was actually a direct rip off of the Diamond Stud. So they could have actually... uh WCW could have won that suit in my book. But the fact of the matter stands... What if The Undertaker would have gone to WCW? He would have been Mark Calloway. Unless they could have found something just off the cuff, out of this world, as far as a presentation. Because anything close to being the
2: dead man, WCW would have been sued. Um, That's a good point. There's a lot to be said about how WWE went. Back into their legal fund, and we're willing to take people to court if ever they needed to. But let's 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 just blur the line here just a tad. Let's say Bischoff goes to Turner and says, "You know what? The only way we can pull this off is if we buy the Undertaker." Not going to happen. Now, maybe maybe you say that, but in nineteen ninety seven. Vince wasn't necessarily positive in 1997 where he was going. Yeah, the Attitude Era was coming, and it wasn't far behind. But if you look at January of 97, we still had a lot of things that were left to be desired for WWF. They still were figuring out who is Stone Cold Steve Austin. They had a feel. They had the idea. But they still really didn't know. Keep in mind – if we go just from the beginning of the year, in January of 97, Steve Austin was just starting to hit his stride. So he wasn't even – he hadn't did the double turn. There hadn't been WrestleMania 13. And and Vince was – by your description, if you ask Bruce Prichard, if you were to look into some of the uh, 83 Weeks conversation, Vince was at a point where he could have considered – Freeing up more income hell he told he told Brett to go take the WCW deal again when he told Brett Hart to take that money you know say what you want about that that's still a pinnacle player in your in your chess and in your, in your game of chess so you've got an opportunity there and I think if they had said all right fine we'll give you whatever amount of money because I'm sure the price tag would be ridiculous don't get me wrong It would have to be like one of those, you're going to give me $500 million kind of routines, I think. But I think somebody would have, I mean, Ted DiBiase said it best. Everybody's got a price. So let's fast forward just a little bit. We do know that, by the way, we are looking at the anniversary, the birthday of the NWO. It was this time in 1990. Six At Bash at the Beach where Hulk Hogan came to the ring as the supposed savior for WCW and turned his back on WCW and dropped the leg on Randy Savage and the NWO was born. So if you were to reach back even further than 97 and say it Hogan's first heel turn, 96, uh, WWE was even more desperate. Not that they didn't know what they had in Undertaker because that would be just silly. But again, we're looking at it kind of from that fantasy warfare, what would have happened, what if kind of thing. So we go from, okay, what brings him there to you've got his first night appearance to plan for. The way they present it is the Undertaker and his WrestleMania 15 descent into the ring from the from the rafters, very similar to how Sting would arrive to the ring wcw would have been able to swerve fans in this regard because they would have been expecting up here comes the crow it's great everybody's cheering except the lights are out and you really don't know until all of a sudden the spotlight shines and you see not a a crow but more of a gosh how would you describe it an undead (laughs) phenom you know descending to the ring to confront hulk hogan Now, in this regard, Brian, is this the direction you would have gone? Would you have done this on a nitro? Is it
0: acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink,
1: and right now a small Minute made slushy is just one fifty nine. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Or would you have done this, say, at a pay per view? Mm. I
3: would have done it on a nitro. Why not? I, I mean. Okay, I understand some some of what you don't want to give stuff away for free Mm -hmm. philosophy. However, at that time, in order to um, fight that uphill battle that WCW was fighting, why not give it away for free? You gave away Luger for free. Right. Uh, Why not the Undertaker? Or you know, whatever you were going to call him,
2: why not? That that's an interesting point. If Brian brings it up, whatever you would call him, would would you have stuck with the the dead man character? Would you have found a way to call him something close to the Undertaker? Like uh, back in the day when he was first becoming the Undertaker, he was called Kane the Undertaker, K A I N, I believe. No, it was K A N E. Was it? Okay. So, I mean, would you stick with that, or would you have just changed it just a smidge and maybe even kept his real name?
4: Uh,
3: I don't think you... I don't think I would have had a problem trying to throw some adjectives together or, or nouns or whatever to get something close. Um, you know, again, like Eddie said, you couldn't just straight rip it off, but I'm sure you could get close enough to where everybody knew who he was and it wouldn't take long for them to forget who the, you know, about the undertaker Mm -hmm. because he, you know, just like Austin, you know, stunning Steve and then he becomes something else and he's a ringmaster and now he's stone cold Steve Austin and you kind of forget the ringmaster.
2: Very true. It's more about the performance in that regard as far as where yeah. he goes and how he does it. And I think that Hulk Hogan would have played it up really well. Um, and I think that, you know, not to speak ill of the dead, but the Ultimate Warrior was out there more for the Ultimate Warrior than anything else. He wasn't out there for Hogan, mm-hmm. he sure wasn't out there to help WCW. Um, I think Undertaker would have been there and been like, no, what's going to make the show work.
3: Right. And I mean, you know, to, again, to Eddie's point, you know, what, what would have happened had they, you know, had the American badass been takers idea and he just pulls the trigger on it, you know, however many years early, I mean, the fans would have bought that and ate that up. Excuse me. Uh, just as well as if you'd, you know, called him the Grave Digger or something,
2: Mm-hmm. you know. I think well, there's. I think the, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think there's a lot of room for for what you could have done as far as character was.
3: Yeah, because once he once he climbed in the ring with, you know, Hogan for the first time, or he was put together with Sting for the first time, or like it says in the video, he. You know what? How great would it have been that when he dethrones Goldberg? You know, I mean, there would have been so many possibilities you could have done with that. That I really don't think the name would have come into play, but so much.
2: I think at that time, the way that Goldberg was built and the way that the Undertaker was performing, um, very different from how we w- we've seen both Goldberg and The Undertaker perform, especially in their last matchup. Um, I, I think we would have seen something that would have been... I wouldn't say any kind of clinic or anything like that. I'm not going to go crazy with it, but I definitely would say that the performance would have been much, much better.
3: Um, oh, I don't know about that.
2: You don't think so? You think it still would have no, been kind I, of a cluster?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Taker would have been... or Mark or whatever, You know, uh, I guess we'll call him Taker, would have just probably been almost like regal in the sense that you know it wouldn't have been a classic but goldberg wouldn't have done but so much and when taker had enough taker would have put him down and that would have been the end of the run and uh you know they could have fought the nwo
2: And uh, just to kind of dive in here and put some results to Slammiversary, uh, first matchup of Slammiversary, the winner of the first, which was TJ Perkins versus Willie Mack versus Jake Crist and Trey Miguel in a fatal four-way. Willie Mack wins that matchup. Impact Tag Team Championship on the line in a triple threat matchup. LAX and the Rascals challenging The North. That's right. The North actually won the titles a couple days ago uh, in a house show with Reality of Wrestling, I believe is what it's called, Booker T's promotion. The North successfully retains in a surprise, in my opinion, because Killer Cross has just been getting such great great exposure in Impact. Uh, Eddie Edwards defeats Killer Cross in a first blood matchup. Then we've got Rob Van Dam versus Moose. This matchup Hands after Moose spears RVD to catch the win, and he ducks out of the way out of a five-star frog splash. Um, aren't you supposed to be on your back for a five-star? Yeah, okay, so we'll just say that uh, Moose came away with a victory on that one. Um, and now it's uh, looking at the Fatal Four-Way Monsters Ball for the Impact Knockouts Champion. You know, they're in love with Triple Threat and Fatal Four-Way. Gimmick, gimmick, Eddie- gimmick, gimmick, gimmick. Yeah, Eddie, you've got Undertaker versus Goldberg now. You've we've talked about how do we bring Undertaker to life on Nitro or on Pay-Per-View. So we'll backtrack a little bit and just get your take if you if you're going to put Undertaker out there, you're going to pre- present him on his debut on Nitro or Pay-Per-View.
0: Oh, on-screen oh. debut? Nitro. Yes. Nitro. Uh
2: all right. Now, once you get him to his debut, and you get to that situation where, let's just say he he topples Hogan or they break even, and now it's up against Goldberg. Does he break Goldberg's streak? Um,
0: right now, he's nowhere near that. Here's the here's the scenario in play that I see for somebody like Mark Calloway coming to WCW. You go ahead and you make that on screen debut. Don't let him talk first. Let him make an appearance. However you want to hit a bell, turn off the lights, whatever the hell, doesn't matter. Doesn't say a word. Oh my God, is that who I think it is? And he turns around and walks off or you fade to black at the end of the show. Like they did with Luger near the end of the show. Skip a week. Let the speculation continue. Well, he showed up last week. Where is he now? What mean? Build that. Come back week three. Let him show up again. Don't have his first interaction with someone until a pay-per-view. But don't let him have, don't let him lay hands. Don't let him be physical yet. Save that. See, what we're missing in this day and age and what they tried to do back in the attitude era and what they tried to do before that, the vignettes that would build up to somebody's appearance. And then once they made that appearance, build up to that first physical interaction or that first promo. Build the suspense. Build the storyline. And continue to build until you get to that point where, okay, we're either going to put him in a squash match with somebody or we're just going to go ahead and cut him loose and let him run. See what he does. But to give people too much too soon, On a star of that magnitude, you would be basically cutting off your nose to spite your face.
2: Interesting. So you would actually have it teased longer, have it set up so that his first interaction, true interaction with anyone is on pay-per-view. Well, first real match, first substantial,
0: first substantial match. Like I said, he can do a smash match on 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 Nitro. That's no problem. Mm -hmm. Bring in local enhancement talent and just let him go splat. But don't put too much of a risk on it. Because you have to remember, um, okay, walking the top rope, air taker over the top, but Mark Calloway has never been known for a tope suicido. Well, kind of, sort of, with the uh, suicide dive over the top rope, I was trying to go with the uh, tope con hilo with the flip involved. That's where I was trying to go.
2: Wow. That was a lot right there. Tope suicido, con hilo, de, con queso, yeah, chili
0: really. con carne. Nacho cheese fries.
2: Right. It's a great commercial. It's getting old, though. <laughs> <laughs> so... The one thing that that I I notice, and and I think we're we're looking at it from the the right perspectives because it's all about prep work, right? It's all about how you pre- present him on TV. What are some of the challenges he faces outside of the obvious? Which is, hey, if you can't use Undertaker, what are you going to do? What kind of challenges is he going to run into? Do you think he gets buried in the quagmire of WCW politics, Brian?
3: No, <laughs> I mean next to Hogan. Hall and Nash, that would be your biggest signing mm-hmm. for WCW. You're, I mean, literally your biggest. And I don't think Nash and Hall would be dumb enough to be like, uh, let's just bury this guy. I think Hall and Nash would be smart enough to know we can make some serious money. And if Hogan didn't want to play ball, you just keep him away from Hogan. Yeah, I mean, I there, again, you have Goldberg, you have Sting. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, you could put him with Harlem Heat at the time. I mean, there would have been so much you could have done with him and just kept him away from Hogan for as long as possible.
0: Hey, Hulk, we want if, you and the new guy to go head-to-head. Mmm, stroke for Manchu. That doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah,
3: <laughs> so, I mean, if Hogan, when Hogan's ready to play ball, that's one thing, but... You know, again, I think everybody else would be ready, and Hogan would probably fall in line eventually. Because I think once, if you put it at Starcade, if you built it for six months, I think Hogan's ready to play ball because the payout
0: would be so massive. Can I throw a curveball? Sure. Hey, Brian. Mm-hmm. What if Mark Calloway had been the third man in the NWO. Oh, jeez.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> there it is. Mark the time, 931. Wow. I'm even helping you. Yeah, I mean, uh, literally, uh, I'd probably still be marking out. I'd, I'd be like that dude at WrestleMania when he lost, you know?
2: Jaw <laughs> on the floor.
3: Yeah, jaw on the floor. Even today, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Do you stand do you remember that time that uh, <laughs> we saw the undertaker and he turned on on all everybody in the wrestling world and went nwo and oh my goodness gracious
2: could you have imagined see that is a, that is a great wrench to throw into it because if you go back far enough 95 all right undertaker in 95 who was his top feud top feud not just the little guys, so his top feud
3: uh, would that have been John Gonzalez, maybe?
2: Uh, it's 93. No. Fast All forward right. to 94, we've got King Mabel. And All then right. 95 is the Million Dollar Corporation. So you've got King Kong Bundy, Kama mm-hmm. Mustafa. You've got a bunch of smaller tier talent. All right, so when does he become
3: the Undertaker? Nine? Is it 90 91. or 91? Uh, Survivor Series
2: 1991.
3: Okay, so, I mean, literally, you're only, like, four years into this
2: mm-hmm. with, with The Undertaker.
3: And, um, like they say in the video, nobody, there is no streak yet at WrestleMania. Right. right. So, uh, you could have very easily brought him down and turned him into the third person. Oh yeah, and I, I think even if you do that, Hogan once you know once he comes back, you could you could I mean have Hogan be Hogan and Hogan stays red and yellow, and I think the NWO may still work. Uh, I don't think you would need twenty million people because
0: is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink.
1: And right now, a small Minute made slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the Tropical Mango or Strawberry Watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To me, it would be more brutal. Would Nash, Hall, and Taker... Hmm. Um. And you know, again, you could still do Hogan and Taker. It would just be a different, um, different take. And I, I think, honestly, that may have been what ultimately turned Hogan in WCW. What Hogan was in the WWE. Because I think the fans of WCW may very well have been like, you know what? We don't like we don't like this trio, and here's Hogan, and we're we're now going to eat our vitamins and say our prayers and chew bubble gum and kick butt and all that good stuff.
2: <laughs> the, the NWO is the red and yellow express. <laughs> no. That's- that's not what I said. I know, I just it just hit me. I am just like, that would have been funny. It would have failed miserably, but it would have been funny. You were because here. I
3: mean think about it. Think about it. Hogan and Sting. Yeah. Hogan and Luger. I mean, you know, the combination still would kind of work with Hogan as as the good guy as well.
2: I tell you, the the idea of Taker it at, at that point in ninety five ninety six where, I mean, his feud was with Diesel at WrestleMania that year, okay? So it wasn't exactly as if Undertaker was not being featured, but at the same time, at that time, yeah, you could have seen The Undertaker make a move. And had he have been been the third man in the NWO, I mean, you could have still, you you could have even, it would have been even bigger. Think about it like this. Let's say instead of, Sting Savage and Luger. It stings Savage and Hogan, and Hogan's the one that takes the tombstone. Mm-hmm. Hogan's hulking up. He's getting ready to come back against Hall and Nash. Here comes the third guy. Oh, oh! It's time. You know, it's it's time. Here he's come to save us the day because now they've got chairs at this point, and Hogan's not going to be able to beat chairs. And boom. Boot to the face, and then he hits the tombstone.
3: Yep, and Hogan's so screwed up, he's got to sit home for six months. Right, and right. then at Starcade, there it goes. Dude, Hogan's music hits. Taker's in the ring. You turn, you know, you do to Taker what everybody, what he normally does to everybody. Oh, he's so shocked and surprised. Ah, could have worked. Could have worked beautifully. And again, this is pre attitude there. Yep. So it's quite possible that that Mark could have been like, "You know what? Huh? Maybe I will go for the money." You know, I don't like the direction the WWE is going right now. It's, you know, maybe I will take the money.
2: There was a time before he tore his groin muscle that Undertaker was very vocal backstage about not liking the adult direction they were trying to go. Mm-hmm. He was one of the guys that would was known all over the world, as far as the industry was concerned, as the guy that would take people to wrestler's court yep. and hold them accountable for their behavior. You've got to remember that this is a guy that – he's not just – even. And, and I don't want to put it like I'm trying to put down Bret Hart because it's not really the goal. But even Bret Hart didn't have the influence backstage at The Undertaker. Brett had influence, Brett had stroke, but it's, I mean, the Undertaker, even at that time, ninety five, ninety six going forward, if you crossed anyone, the only person you didn't cross would be the Undertaker. That was the go to. That was all right, put him in with Taker, let's see if he let's see if they can hold their own.
0: 6869 and how much did he weigh and how badass did his arms and shoulders look? I'm sorry. Right. That's somebody yeah. that is a son of a gun that I wouldn't have crossed anyway. And I happen to know first-hand experience how much Jack Daniels that man could put away in 1993 on a slow day. So therefore, once again, uh uh-uh, not gonna happen. He gets the vote. He's locker room leader.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Hogan's shenanigans isn't gonna work but so long. He would try. I could see him trying. Uh, you know, it doesn't work for me, brother. I could just see Taker going, really? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess it works. We'll do that. We'll try your idea. I mean, it's just, I can't see him. I, I could see Hogan doing it to a lot of guys, but I can't see Undertaker falling victim to it. Because honestly, it, Undertaker's the kind of guy that would be like, all right, well, screw you. I'll leave him. He's not going to take a beating. I mean, after knowing where he came from, he would say, all right, well, I can always go back up north. And that's all he'd have to say. He wouldn't actually have to leave. He would just look at Bischoff, look at Hogan. I'll always go back up north, and I'll be the reason that you guys lose. Yeah,
3: but I, I think Hogan would play ball with the Undertaker mm-hmm. because something tells me Hogan would know that should he cross him, when he gets him in the ring, that's it great. may be like Andre – Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Andre was going to do. Only Andre knew what he was going to do. And if Taker says, you know what, Hogan, here, you know, you want creative control? Well, here you go. But you're you're going to fight for it. And I don't think that's something Hogan would have wanted. And nobody would have blamed him. I mean, you know, if you listen to the way some of these people talk and they didn't like the NW storyline for certain reasons. No, I mean, Taker would have gotten so much respect out of it. Nobody would have said anything otherwise.
2: So who casualty was, wouldn't sting fall into the category of a casualty of someone that gets left to the wayside. If the undertaker comes to WCW. No, no. You don't think he'd take a back seat.
3: Nope. 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 Cause it's just like it's just like they say in the video, those two characters are are they 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 are just completely different as far as the way you look at them, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And to I don't think either one of them would outshine the other one to the point where one of them would just take a back seat. Again, I, I think you're dealing with people smart businessmen. And again, they know, well, we can make a boatload of money if we're smart about this. We can, you know, become true icons before you even had the word icon Mm -hmm. if we're smart about this. And both of them would be like, let's be smart about this.
2: What about a guy like Lex Luger? Yes his role in the packing order would have definitely diminished, wouldn't you say? I mean, I think he would have maybe seen television title, U.S. title, but I can't say that I would have seen him back up at main event, as long as Taker and Sting were at the helm.
3: But you wouldn't have needed him up there.
2: True. Very true. Your packing order would would definitely be a lot more defined, because now you've got a guy that's like, I'm here and I'm not leaving.
3: Well, I mean, it's not even that. It's uh, the Undertaker is is just completely different than Luger, in in the sense that, I mean, he he's a top guy. I, I you know Luger's been put at the top, but to me Luger is not a top guy,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? The Undertaker is a top guy. He exudes it. I mean, he, I mean, you could probably you know sniff his sweat and he'd be like, ah, oh, top guy. <laughs> whereas Luger, <laughs> is Luger they tried multiple times uh-huh. and it just never, never seemed to work. Even if even if he had never gone WWE, right, and stayed Mean Mark, Mean Mark would have been the top guy. Could have. So, I mean, it, but again, Luger to me needed the help to get there, whereas Mark didn't.
2: Mark got there on his own. Yeah, Luger definitely needed people to leave or people to move for him to move up. It was never just, it's his turn. It was more like, Flair's gone, Barry Windham isn't the guy we're going to go with. I guess now it's Luger's turn. Mm, Let's build him for Sting.
0: May I? Absolutely. Remember, Luger was Horseman version 2.0. Mm-hmm. When Arn, when Oli was kicked out because he wanted to go see his son wrestle, hey Rick, doesn't that sound familiar? Almost, mm-hmm. almost a dusty finish, Uh-oh. kind of like the other night with AJ Styles. But Luger was given that opportunity. Now remember, before he made his way up to Crockett Country, Luger was over pretty good, fairly well down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And from there, they saw. They said, okay, fine, come up. We want you to work with us up here in Crockett country. And when the moment occurred for Luger to make that move into the horseman with J.J. Dillon as his mouthpiece. Remember when Luger left the horseman and they did everything they could to genuinely put him over as that bonafide baby face? When Barry Windham turned on Lex Luger to become the new horseman. Mm -hmm. And the one thing in particular that always stood out to me was Arn Anderson. God love him. One of the best promos ever in the business. Luger, you got a million dollar body and a 10 cent brain. You call yourself the total package. I call you the total eggplant. (laughs) Alrighty then, and Eddie's Eddie's follow up to that is million dollar body, ten cent brain, buck fifty promo.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, His his
0: (laughs) his promo skills were uh, not not, the greatest in the world. We're not the greatest in the world. If Luger kept himself to a reasonable level, vocally speaking, and kept it within reason and not go long sentences. He could cut a decent D E C E N T promo, but when Luger kept getting, when Luger would get all hyped up and angry, pissed off, whatever, no, his promos did not come across. Well, that was the detriment that he faced. Remember when he was the narcissist in WW, WWF, he kept a certain vocal level and didn't get too hyperactive during the promos. When they tried to make it the Lex Express, remember that first interview that he did on the bus? He kept it reasonable vocal volume level and intensity level. He didn't get too hyperactive on it. Once again, comes back to WCW. First appearance, didn't say a word. What the hell's he doing here? He doesn't work here. That's what they said on the commentary. Now, Luger is a good heel. Always has been, always will be. But even as a heel, you have to be careful how you package Lex Luger. Um, there are certain individuals who, if Mark Calloway would have come into WCW, regardless third man, whatever the hell, they would be basically going, uh,
2: okay, we're going to be in trouble here. What's happened to the territories? Let's revive them. And I think a lot of people would have seen the writing on the wall and probably would have headed for the door a lot sooner. Um, I, I just don't see – I mean because you have guys out there that um, – in WCW that were basically there to fill a spot. Like you had 12 luchadors on your roster, but you didn't really need 12. So the you would have seen guys get let go only because they would have freed up money. I think you'd have seen them – because at the point in time where we're looking at when Taker would have made the move, I think that they would have they would have had to really overspend. and uh, They really would have had to overspend to get him out there. Not because he would have made the demand for that money, but more because of the fact that they would have had to pay in order to get him to make the move because it would have been probably in his eyes such a risk. Um, let me give you this <clears> one, then I'll get out of the way.
0: It comes down to two words in my book. Production value. Mm -hmm. When you have what VKM, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, WWE, Front Office, World Wrestling Federation, when you have what they did to package and present Mark Calloway as the Undertaker and that slow build to where he just becomes the dynasty, the phenom, the almost irresistible force in the Fed I don't see WCW in that same timeline having the same vision to push someone of that ilk someone of that style because remember like I said Mean Mark Callis is a little bit different from The Undertaker but not a whole hell of a lot
2: there was a whole other presence that I feel like The Undertaker brought when he got the WWE. When Mean Mark Callis made the transition away from just being Mean Mark, you had a whole other entity. You had a whole other feeling to when he would just arrive at the ring. Um, Brian, you you asked the questions of you know who would who would have had to really get strong consideration for making the move. I no say, no 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 no.
3: I you were. I'm sorry. What would you say? Um, a risk.
2: Yes, yes. I explain, I considered it. Explain that to me. So with with Undertaker at that time, we'll just say ninety five, end of ninety five. Let's go ahead and go with the the idea of could he have been the third man? Because I really like that concept. Actually, if in late ninety five, Undertaker knows that he has, you know, he his stock at least at the moment. At late ninety five, has seemingly fallen up north. It doesn't mean he's not valuable, but at the same time, he also knows that he does have a role to play anytime they want him to. So he 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 has some degree of comfort. So for me, I would think that if he had get if he gets the call from Bischoff saying, "Hey, we're going to make you a star, we're going to cement your legacy, make you a legend," to me, I I still feel like they overpay because he's going to be have to be convinced to take the risk. I think the risk is there because of the fact that he's leaving uh, a very comfortable even if even though it's not really pushing him a very comfortable position.
3: Yeah, but so let me ask you this. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you take taker to WCW. Right. Right? Now the risk, you don't know anything about yet. See so you you have you have the ability to look into the past. Okay? Yeah, that's
2: true. That's true. But
3: put yourself in at in that error, in that time. Bischoff calls you up and says, Hey, I made Hall a lot of money. I made Nash a lot of money. I made Hogan a lot of money. I want you to come down and I will make you a lot of money. You're not you're not where you should be now. Who did you just wrestle at WrestleMania? Who was it?
2: see 95 would have been King Kong Bundy
3: oh so you're such a value to that company you just wrestled King Kong Bundy not the 1980s King Kong Bundy the 1990s King Kong Bundy
2: Mm -hmm.
3: who'd you wrestle last year
2: Uh, before Bundy that's uh, shoot 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 all right, so 95 was 11, so WrestleMania 10, he took on Yokozuna in a – cat. no, wasn't Yokozuna at WrestleMania 10. Who did Undertaker face at WrestleMania 10? Jeez, okay. I ought to know
3: this. Uh, See, WrestleMania- you should. However, <laughs> for whatever reason, you forgot it. Right, right? Right. <laughs> right. So you no longer have Hall and Nash, so you're not going to face them at the next WrestleMania.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Hogan's gone. You're not facing him. Macho Man's gone. You're not facing him. Who are you going to face? Any guess? Could it be who does he wrestle at WrestleMania 11?
2: Uh, That was WrestleMania 11 is his match against Bundy.
3: Okay. Well, then who's at 12?
2: Diesel. Kevin Nash.
3: No, no. All right, so we're talking when they, when Nash and Hall are in WCW.
2: Okay, so let's see. That's thirteen. That's where he takes on all Sid. Right,
3: so thirteen. Sid. Oh, Psycho Sid. Wow, that's a good one. That's that. Do you want to wrestle them, or do you want to come down here and make money and wrestle Hall and Nash? Sting, Hogan, or do you want to keep wrestling Bundy? It's right? a
2: pretty Again, compelling conversation, right? You're
3: there. using your knowledge from today yeah. to say it would be a risk. Do you think at, if you had, if you had called him in week 41 of the the streak and said, "Taker, bro, I can make I can make you more money. You'll be famous. You'll be bigger than you are now. You're getting your little butts kicked." I mean, they won't even open the arena doors when we show up. Hmm. You want to stay up there? That's the risk Mm -hmm. would have been to stay with them, not to go to WCW. And And think about it. Very easily, if you take Taker and put him in WCW, we may be having a different number one company right now.
2: So Taker actually did not wrestle WrestleMania ten.
3: All right, so we're off by one. You are
0: correct, sir. All
3: right, but but you see what I'm saying? There, mm-hmm. To me, there's no risk at that time. You have Eric Bischoff who talked Hall and Nash down there. Says, "Hey, I've got a I've got a billionaire just as just as big as uh, Vince." Uh, I've got the legacy of the NWA going back a hundred plus years that my titles go back to. I've got TV just like Vince on a big network, just like Vince. I mean, they were, they were equal at one point until Vince finally got pissed and decided to put out wrestling. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think there's a risk for him to if he had gone WCW. Now, he may have found out once he got there, he made a mistake, but maybe not.
2: Talk about being in a den of vipers. I mean, think of all of the different people that were always politicking for their way.
3: Yeah, but again, though, I mean, we've already established that Taker's a locker room leader.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Once you weeded Hogan out and you weeded Macho Man out, it may not have been that bad.
2: So, quick update on Slammiversary. In the House of Horrors fatal, excuse me, the Monsters Ball match fatal four-way. Gimmick this, gimmick that. of Valkyrie <laughs> retains the Impact Knockouts Championship. Mm-hmm. Matchup currently underway is Rich Swann defending the X Division title, defending it against Johnny Impact, or Johnny Mundo, or Johnny Morrison, or... <laughs> John Hennigan, you know, pick a name. The guy's got tons. <sighs> um, okay, so now we go from we've, – we've talked about casualties. We've talked about challenges. Um, okay, now we'll, we're going to – as Bischoff likes to say, we're going to get a little deep in the weeds here. So, all right, you've got Undertaker. You pull him in in 95, late 95, early 96. He's your third man. You've gone that route. He's taken on Sting. He's taken on Hogan. He's even taken on Goldberg. Where would you have gone with him after Goldberg?
3: Well, you still have the NWO, right?
2: Correct. At this point, the NWO is not
3: going nowhere.
2: Right, right. Because at this point, we can safely assume, at least in my opinion, that the NWO versus WCW war was going to go on whether it was Hogan as the third man or. You know, Undertaker, Sting, whomever. Right.
3: I mean, even if he's the third man, Mm -hmm. right? Then it's Sting that that uh, continues to do what he was doing. So Sting is the front runner to take on the NWO. So history kind of plays out the same way, as far as you know, the NWO goes. For some time now, the interesting part would be, is if you have no Hogan in the NWO, would you then have, say, Beefcake, or Vincent, um, or you know some of these other guys? Mm-hmm. That would be the interesting because then it doesn't get watered down, and it may not have been. It may not turn out to what it did. You know, if you leave it hall, Nash, and Taker and maybe a fourth to to even it out with the horseman. You know, to me the NWA's NWO is a whole lot better.
2: Oh wow. Could you imagine that war games taker, hall, Nash, and maybe six against the horseman?
3: Uh no, I, I would feel sorry for the horseman.
2: <laughs> oh really? <Okay.
3: laughs> no, I mean, no offense, you know. I, I, you know, I am a Horseman guy, right? Nice. Uh, Flair is my man. Love Arne, I love the Horseman. Um, but yeah, God help him. That that would not be pretty. Um, because uh, the NWO would just be so much bigger, stronger, more powerful. Um, than anything the Horseman could have really. Combated inside war games
2: Now Would WCW With all of the impact That I think we all could all agree That The Undertaker would have brought Would WCW still have Lost I think that's a given Due to the
0: factor of what uh, Bischoff Has always talked about the BS went on, That went on with the Turner-Time Warner uh, merger
2: Mm-hmm so the Turner Time Warner merger still would have been like, yeah, we're.
3: Well, so I, I I'd take a different route than that. Okay, I think I think they win because I think once you take the linchpin that is the Undertaker out of the WWE, mm-hmm. you may not end up the same the same, especially for the WWE. It may not end up exactly where it ends up today.
0: I have to argue with that because even Bischoff has said that the tide turned because the the front office of Time Warner, in that merger, they had people on the board of directors who forgot that WCW was even a part of the Turner organization and hated pro wrestling and did not want pro wrestling anywhere near their corporate umbrella.
3: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got that, but let let's go to eighty three weeks, right? Right. Okay, so eighty three weeks. Sorry. Does does, does does is mankind mankind without Undertaker?
2: Ooh, uh, I would say no. Is because is, is there Cain? I, I was about 80 80 to say weeks. Cain. Yeah, Cain too. Yeah.
3: Is there Cain? Uh, ministry of uh, Darkness. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the ministry. So then does edging Christian become what they become? Because didn't they go ministry?
2: They did. They were in the brood, and then they went okay. to the ministry. Uh,
3: the APA doesn't even get started without the ministry. Ooh. Uh, there's no uh, – wasn't Vince the evil mastermind or whatever behind it all? It was
4: me, Austin. Bitch it was me so, all along
3: so so, but that to me that's where even though I understand what Bischoff says about them the the front office for them being mm-hmm. what they were but you may not even had 83 weeks he may have killed them off in 52 Damn. he may have killed them off in 45 because again, you have certain things that were that you needed to happen in order for it to take place, and without them, you don't have. It may not. Have, it may not have been as big. The attitude there, because again, wasn't wasn't Undertaker like Foley's first big? Uh, if I remember right, like first big opponent.
2: Yeah, because... he was Mankind? Had Foley not debuted the way he did attacking Undertaker out of a casket, remember, the the casket opens and there's Mick Foley. He hits the Mandible Claw and, and subdues the Undertaker, the only guy to ever successfully really do that. So if Taker isn't there for that, if Taker isn't there for, you know, the Ministry and for Kane, and let's not forget... The crucifixion angle.
3: Let's not forget Paul Bear.
2: Oh, uh, right, Paul Bear. Um, gosh, let's think about this here. Let's kind of draw this map. So you got to X off the APA, Edging Christian. Um, well, you may not necessarily have to.
3: I think the APA is gone. I think the APA completely gets wiped out. Right. If you were to if you were to change it and then watch videos, you would never know the APA. I think Edge and Christian may survive, but it would I think it would take them longer to to, to really branch out because I don't think they would really get a start until they they got a, a little decent run with the Hardys, mm-hmm. but I don't think they get that run unless they are put where they are. Right. They would have to work for it more. So it would take them, I think it takes them longer to get where they are, which again could very well put them past 83. No cane. Look what cane brings to you. So you start pulling at these threads, your, your, your ball of cotton or your ball of string starts to unravel, and eventually, you're going to get to the end faster with no Undertaker.
2: So it's interesting because when we start looking at this, on the surface, it's like, wow, this is a lot of great dream booking, which it is. It really is. There's a lot of great options, but the way this kind of unfolds, the the magnitude of which it develops, I mean, there's a lot of room to really look at what could have been. I mean, imagine, imagine whatever he's called at the time, Taker against DDP at DDP's peak. That might have been a good one. Imagine Taker against Raven. In WCW, Raven was very good. Taker and Canyon. Who's better than Canyon? Right. How about Taker and Wrath? Again, Adam Baum was a tremendously underutilized talent in WWE, WWF at the time. He gets to WCW, becomes Wrath, and it's Wrath and Mortis at the time. Um, You could have actually... Let's even... Let's just say Vandenberg brings in The Undertaker to complete that dark family. Wrath, Mortis, and, I don't know, The Reaper. Something like that, right? You got tons of different options there. And it just... expands so rapidly that like Brian was saying maybe WWE or WWF at that point gets their butt kicked in 52 weeks because
3: yeah, and, and they don't they don't survive because we all know at the end of 83 Finch was at his end yeah right yeah <laughs> I mean he was close he was like shut the doors we're done. Mm-hmm. I can't compete. They win. I'm out. Right. It's already been said he was, he was losing money and he was going down fast until somebody poetically said something about turning a channel and <laughs> watching. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but, and, and, and there's a perfect example. So this will make my whole point. And I'm, you know, again, it just dawns on me. So if you have no mankind, Tony Schiavone never says the quote. If he never says the quote, nobody flips the channel. Wow! See, see how that works?
2: I mean it's it's a it's a huge thing to look at. It's uh, man. Um, I mean had. Let's let's keep that ball ball rolling. Okay, so Bret Hart does eventually make the move, and Brett goes to Brett goes to WCW, and then has his matches with yeah, the but, Undertaker.
3: But Brett may never go to WCW because oh. Vince may not have ever, uh, you know, swerved him. He if, you know he might have sucked up. And stayed. He might have convinced him. He might have just continued to pay him, or he goes a year early. I wonder, or, you know, if... before the twenty million dollar contract was written, Vince tells him, well, "I don't have the money. You're on your own," and he leaves then, which then right. changes. You know, you don't get the Montreals. Uh, the, the, the screw job.
2: You don't get the creation of Mister McMahon. You don't get Shawn Michaels. Whew. Wow. That's a lot of different pieces that really unravel just with one guy. With one guy. Right. He's, he's I mean, real, so, you
3: know, The Rock and Austin became larger than life. Right. Mm-hmm. And they are literally, you know, if you think about the attitude Era, to me, those are the two front runners. Those are the guys that I think of first. Mm -hmm. Right. Taker's probably probably a third. But now that we're sitting here talking about it, I don't think Austin and The Rock have those many strings attached to it that The Undertaker does.
2: That that is a really good point, because when you really look about it, when you really think about all of the different feuds, all of the different key moments in career paths, Austin and The Rock, if, if you interchange them, one goes to WCW and maybe, maybe Austin never leaves and does Stone Cold in WCW, he still could have propelled himself into the stratosphere just because of the guy that he is. And if you take away his Undertaker matches, well, yeah, they helped him. They weren't necessarily career makers, right? Mm-hmm. The same could be said for The Rock. If The Rock had gone and been Rocky Maivia only in WWF and shows up on a Nitro and starts speaking in the third person and starts calling himself The Rock because now he owns that, you know what I mean? You have now something that they could have created, and he really didn't have a lot of interaction with The Undertaker. I mean, he had some. I'm not going to say no, he had well, they were
3: They were more kind of a heart foundation when he was with The Nation which right. would have been his Rocky via days mm-hmm. and then uh, before then I don't think he had much interaction with any of the top guys before he went nation that I can recall um, so I mean he very easily could have been missed and you know other than Again, what he what he ultimately becomes, but it's not dependent on the Undertaker. However, other pieces are in order for him to get where he is.
2: Right, right. I mean, there's a lot of different roles that get played because, like when we were talking about uh, mankind, for example, mankind may not Cactus Jack or McFoley may not ever become WWF champion if the Undertaker doesn't give him that rub in that entire feud if he doesn't have that magic moment of being thrown off of Hell in the Cell if Taker is not there to throw him off the cell in, in 98
3: oh yeah no no hell in the cell jeez wow
2: it, it really does spread and it even spreads into the you know the crazy what ifs like maybe Owen Hart doesn't do that stunt Maybe, you know, the the what ifs, the butterfly effect of this kind of dream match, at least by switching the roles, is pretty huge. It's kind of a mind blower because just going over the thought process, you just start discovering different pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's all of these little pieces that I think I think a lot of wrestling fans take for granted the history of the business, what has happened before. Because you hear them and you see them, and they all say, "Oh, we want to see this, we want to see that." But then, when it really happens, they're like, "Oh, that's not what I meant."
3: Yeah, but I mean, again, it's it's one thing to live through it, right? So we yeah. we had the pleasure of living through and being wrestling fans, um, for for the Monday Night Wars,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? We, we, we got to see the, the resurgence of a, a, of an industry we love, right? That was on its way down and then lightning in a bottle hits and we got to witness it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But some of these people, they don't know, you know, because they don't go back and look how fun that era was. Yeah, And I I hope they get a chance to experience it soon. However, I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's (laughs) going to be a big letdown here in the near future with uh, one certain company.
2: I think with what we saw this past Monday, we saw a glimpse of what could be. But I I would have to agree with you that ultimately it's going to fizzle because it still comes back to one guy.
3: Well and right and and again so I was listening to uh somebody that's always fun to listen to and in, in uh Cornet uh-huh and he brought up a very interesting point Paul is the type of guy to where he says, "Hey, I want to do this." And Ben says, "No, I don't want to do that." And Paulie says, well, this is what you brought me in here for. This is going to, this is going to work. This is going to go over. We're going to get, we're going to draw audience back, whatever. And Vince says, no, pal, it's my show. And Paulie says, well, you know what? F you, I'm out. And right. then everything you've built for just literally plummets right over the edge.
2: Well, and and not to put the guy down, but let's not forget that this wouldn't be the first time that heyman has been told no, and then would be said, you know, hey, I'm no, all right, bye.
3: Right, and and again, you're you literally have one of the greatest minds in modern times at your helm, but I don't think Vince is going to have the ability to let go and let him run it.
2: Quick update on Slammiversary. Rich Swann successfully defends the Impact X Division champion, defeating John Hennigan, John Morrison, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo. Fill in the blank. Uh, with, yeah, right, Johnny. Here's your name here. Uh, after hitting the Phoenix Splash to pick up the victory, that's, of course, after hitting two handspring cutters. Enough with the cutters, really. Everybody's got to hit. I'm going to hit an eight-scratcher. I'm going to hit the diamond cutter. I'm going to hit this. All right, stop. Just, just quit, man. Just just find a different move. It's like the super kick part. I'm going to ask a question fire away
0: quick sidebar and Brian I'm going to come to you first on this one Mm -hmm. the monsters ball match which took place tonight. We're not going to go into um, Mm -hmm. we can talk about details at a later point in time if you want to I just I want to get your reaction to this Jessica Havoc Sue Young Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, um, which doesn't seem like it fits in this chemical equation. Which to me,
2: uh, uh, Taya Stanley, I would agree. Um, you know, Havoc, Sue Young, Rosemary, all very <laughs> uh, high impact, high high ability. Taya, not so much, in my opinion. Not to say she can't perform, but not at the level that they are. Oh, of course she can perform. Just ask John. Oh, oh. oh come on, man. That's not what I was. Uh, Taya, I just want to say that's not what I was saying.
3: The statements by one.
4: Elaine, <laughs> or oh
2: not. no 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 no! Wait 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 wait! I will. I'll hold that disclaimer for about another minute and a half. <laughs> oh, uh, Eddie, Eddie, that's H uh, R online too. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, As
3: for the record, we have we have decided to get our own HR department uh, due to <laughs> statements not only on corner to corner, but a certain chat string that some of us are a part of. Um, we know you can hear us. <laughs> yeah, so we miss you, buddies.
0: <laughs>
3: but all right, so go ahead.
0: If Taya were half as worried about her in-ring work as she was about her hair outfit and the way that she looks on camera, she would be Hall of Fame bound at the drop of a hat. But she doesn't come across that way to me, personally. I don't know her personally. I'm sure she might be a likable person. I can't say one way or the other because I don't know but I'm sorry. She has shown me in every match that she's been in that she's more. Okay. And please understand there is a difference. A person who's worried about image plays to the camera. A real professional wrestler works to the camera. And in my humble opinion, Taya is too worried about playing to the camera than she is about having a good match or a great match. I've watched her through Lucha Underground. I've watched her through a couple other promotions. I've watched her through Impact. I I am still sold on the fact that the only reason why she has that championship over her shoulder around the waist is because John is her husband, boyfriend, squeeze, whatever. And that was a prerequisite for John Hennigan to sign with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I'll come join you. You give me the belt and give my wife a belt too. But we only have one belt. So what? Give it to her. I'm sorry. I would have just simply sat back and said, next. Because there are some very talented women in Impact who could do more with that belt than Taya? And yes, that's my side of the coin. And now back to the countdown. Mm-hmm.
3: As my daughter would say, Eddie just spilled the tea.
2: <laughs> them crazy kids in their tea lingo. <laughs> uh so yeah, I don't I won't
3: say she's not in the same class as them. But to me, this definitely wouldn't have been a match I would ever put her in, especially with them three. Uh, this one, to me, should have been just a slugfest, and I don't know if she would be up for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a, a thumbtacks, uh, you know, not. and I just don't see her doing that, but... I would I would have to agree with Eddie. It's most likely just because of, you know, hey, this is my wife. We're bringing her in because I'm coming in. Give her the belt, blah, blah, blah. Probably how that went down. But I guess that's just how some deals get negotiated. I mean, I, I don't know. I would be hesitant to bring in couples that way. I think that would pretty much cause me to go the opposite direction simply because of that.
3: Well, if I was a couple, I'd be hesitant to even do it to begin with. I mean, how many of them actually work out? Ooh. Because, you know, sooner or later, that storyline is going to come through the front office. Hey, uh, how about about we say somebody cheated on somebody? Ah, We got (laughs) to break you up. Uh, Love triangle time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it happens, uh, uh, you know, all the time.
2: Then who's it happened it gonna, to Macho and Elizabeth. It happened to... um um. When's it going to happen to Seth and Becky? Oh, it'll happen. It's probably about six months down the road. I don't give if it that, that long.
0: I don't give it that <laughs> long.
2: SummerSlam, hottest story of the year. Blah. It, blah. <laughs> it'll suck. <laughs> and I like... Don't get me wrong. But what irritates me more than anything else is people... You know, they, they react to Becky and Seth 1st and like, oh, they're so cute. Let's see them on TV all the time together. It's great. So what do you get? You get them on TV all the time together, and now it's like, oh, God, this is super cringy. They're, they're forced on the TV. No, they're not. They gave you exactly what you asked for, you bunch of crybabies.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and speaking of you bunch of crybabies, for those that had an issue with what occurred the other week with the chair shot, allow me to introduce to you the guy who now has control or uh, uh, control as in as much as you can get in the WWE on Monday Night Raw and one Mr. Paul Heyman who ran owned wrote produced scripted ECW
4: Mm -hmm.
3: if you don't think it's not going to get dark and bloody and evil. If he can get away with it, you're crazy. If you didn't learn from Monday night when they, uh, Strowman and Lashley went through the, the Titan Tron there, mm-hmm. which I'll, I'll have to admit was beautifully done. I love the pyros in replace of the uh, sparks of lightning. Thought it was great. You're crazy. If you don't think somebody's not going to get whacked in the head, or on thumbtacks or whatever, because we're now going PG-14, you're crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. They asked for it. They whined about it. Now they're going to get everything they got coming to them.
2: I just I I love looking into what gets a, a fan ticked off nowadays, because that seems to be the easiest thing in the world to do. I mean, you got a guy that can make a video saying this is for all my Juggalos and Juggalettes, and he jumps off of his front porch onto Legos. onto. A, I think he's did a flaming table. Um, oh, yeah, don't, you leave that guy alone. I mean, I he, he drops that guy, big bow. he does all this stuff, right? And and at first you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty funny. Now you're like, oh, dude, what? Is this guy got mental problems? Is, this, is he going to... Is someone going to stop him? <laughs> Someone's going to save this kid from himself? I mean, that's the thing. But people are watching it. And they're retweeting it. And, oh, this is so great. Ha, ha, ha. But these are the same people that are like, boy, that chair shot to the head was really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm.
3: yeah, and, and you might as well say the guy that probably invented the chair shot to the head
2: is now in charge of Raw. Pretty much. Pretty much, I mean, look what they did Monday night opening segment. I mean, Braun Strowman on a full sprint drives Bobby Lashley through the set. <laughs> and it was, it, yeah, it was spectacular. And, uh, it was spectacular. And, I and definitely again, dropped a lot of fecal references right there. Where is the outcry? Because had that had that been
3: legit, they could have been electrocuted. Right. Had it been legit, but, and we know it wasn't, it was worked, stage, whatever. It
0: was gimmick, it was right gimmick.
3: Gimmick, mm, Just like a chair.
0: Well, Allegedly. I mean,
3: God God forbid just, God forbid story says that at one time Braun Strowman blew his spleen out and then the next week he's got three other injuries and you don't even mention the spleen. But there's no outcry. I I just, I don't get it. So now that you didn't voice your opinion, don't whine if Paul Heyman decides, well, you know what, we haven't seen a Bob Wire baseball bat, bat match in a long time. Or we've got extreme rules. Let's really go old school and let's take Bob Wire and run it around the ring like we used to do. Oh, I'm sure we got suckers in the locker room that'll jump for it. Be like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it, Paul. Yeah, let's get extreme on them. Don't whine when you see it. Suck it up. This is what you asked for.
0: Dude, you have to remember it's 2019. You are going to have people who don't even watch the product in its entirety, who go over to the dirt sheets and read results, and they'll sit back and go, man, where did the hell can they happen? And they don't even watch it.
2: Yeah, man this is wrong
0: they don't even watch it case point scenario the social justice warrior outcry oh, they're going to have Danny Callahan and Jessica Blanchard based off one on one on the pay per view that's just that's, that's that's wrong
2: to have a man beat up a woman like that
0: it's pro wrestling jackasses <laughs> call <laughs> wait, a wait what call HR please I'm, I may want to talk to the director
3: no, see, don't call HR because the phones don't ring into the office.
0: Oh, they yes. only ring out. See, it's, it's the so- one. If, if, if I said this during Beyond Ringside earlier tonight, if you genuinely watch the product and you're worried about it, that's one thing. But if you're just somebody on social media, I'm on a Twitter account and I'm in my mom's basement. I'm going to sit back and type my displeasure on Twitter. The letter in the Me word, and my friend Mark, we're not going to watch anymore. In the words of Burt Reynolds to Jackie Gleason in the legendary sm- movie Smokey and the Bandit,
2: do the letters F-O mean anything to you? <laughs> Well, you mentioned the you know the social justice warriors. Here's one I just stumbled upon. This is really kind of sad. So apparently, social media has been all a all of all a fluster about Corey Graves and his profanity used during the old segment of Raw. Get over it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, it gets better. Gets better. So you know, of course, we all know that that was what heyman said to do or heyman invents. Like, no well, that's what you're gonna do so he does it so twitter is you know people are all talking about it so a fan apparently took exception and is continually taking exception to cory graves and how he speaks to renee young here's the tweet this is from a twitter user i'm not going to give them the credit of their name because you know I'm not going to Steph McMahon as a female fan of WWE. I would really appreciate if you could ask Corey Graves to talk to Renee Young like she's a human being and not a doormat when on commentary. She deserves a better period. First off, um, that would be she deserves better period. Uh, Secondly, um, you really need to not type things. Uh, So Corey Graves. God bless this guy. He's a he's a legend says, so as Corey Graves, I would really appreciate if you just let my best friend, Renee Young, and I do our jobs and have fun instead of trying to turn it into an effing social issue. Thank you, Corey Graves, for saying what we've all wanted to be, to be saying. You know, In a time where everyone gets upset about everything, women get upset because they can't get the main event. They get the main event, they get upset because they're in the main event with a the man. They get the main event with a the man, they beat the man. And now it's all glass ceiling. Okay, fine. Whatever. Then you get guys like this, or this girl, actually. I think she's a girl, who complains about Corey Graves being a bad guy on commentary. Damn, God, shut up. Really? Like I, I'm, I'm a pretty flexible kind of guy. I, I kind of can understand some of it. Stress on some. Because I, I do get it. You know, you want... To provide the right message, but WWE is already aware that they are needing to change their approach to television, needing to change their approach into how they present themselves simply because of the way the product has faltered, and they're already headed to TV 14. Great. Congratulations. Now, let's see how you deliver when you get back there, because you can go to TV 14 all day long, by the way. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be instantly improved.
3: Yeah, but however, again, this is my point about the ones who took offense to the chair shot, right? Right. I mean, you they have to realize that the ones that are now pulling the strings are masters at PG-14,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? So again, I have total faith in Paul Heyman and what he's going to do. I don't have as much faith in Bischoff because I'm not sure which direction Bischoff wants to go yet.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. I know with Paul E where he said PG 14 flashes on the screen. We're going PG 14. Right. There bench is probably going to be like, yeah, pal, we're going PG 14. Let's do it. But again, for all the whiners, out there go back and do your history to about what 1989 88 89 when there was a big scandal with Vince McMahon the steroid scandal was that about right 88 89 Uh,
2: 89 89 to 90 and then 91 when it goes to federal
3: jury all right so for those of you that don't know do your research and go listen to what Vince McMahon has to say about what you're watching, and then say, "Hmm, well, maybe Corey Graves is playing a part. Maybe Corey Graves isn't actually a wiener."
0: <laughs> oh no!
3: <laughs> I, mean, I I was nice. I was not. I said wiener. I think I can get away with Wiener. You can get away with Wiener,
0: but I'm just, I'm dying laughing because some dork on Twitter just basically, um, I'm going back to July 1st to Corey Graves. He, uh, the person was making a comment to Corey going, George Carlin would be, cr- would be proud. Corey responds with one down, six to go. Okay, that was funny.
3: <laughs> so, but, I mean, it's already been exposed, people. And I love the fact that an entire generation is now buying into the way I
0: loved the sport in the 80s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a second. You know, before... Oh, go ahead. Wait a second. So, therefore, everybody's up. In... People are up in arms because Corey Graves dropped the fecal reference. How many people drop? How many people? How many of you social justice jackoffs were so up in arms when Morgan Stark said the same fecal reference in in-game Language. No, that was that was Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Avengers Age of Ultron. The word language was not used in um, Endgame. I know, I was just using it. Oh, okay, thank trying, you. Nice. Trying to help you out. Okay, nice quote. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Look, on Beyond Ringside Sports Radio, I have what I call hashtag hell damn ass. Everybody who long-time listeners know what it is. That's the confines of the FCC. Look, if Corey Gray was told to say it and said it, that's fine. If he said it and said it on his own, that's that's fine too. I don't care. But the fact of the matter, but it's like how? Be realistic, because people who just want to find a reason to be offended right now, please, 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 strap a twi- strap twenty pound weights on your ankles and go deep sea fishing. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Um,
3: wow. wow. Well, that will be on the internet tomorrow. Somebody yep. will be whining
0: about it. Sharpen a boomerang and practice with it.
3: Hey, maybe it'll work in their favor, though. Maybe they'll be like, don't listen to Corner to Corner. This one guy said strap on weights and go jump in the jump in the ocean. Let's see. Actually, I didn't Next say week, that. Next week, the I,
0: audience... I <laughs> I didn't say, roof. I didn't say jump in the ocean. I said go deep sea fishing. I never said jump in the water. We want to see what they say next. Bonus. <laughs> yeah, we're equal opportunity. Come on, we'll insult you. I don't care. Please, please go go scuba diving during Shark Week. That's all
2: I ask. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you and your best friend Carrie, just you know, go ahead and just jive, jive on it. Uh, quick update from Slam Anniversary winner and still your impact world heavyweight champion, Brian cage. Thank God. Um, yeah, Michael Elgin getting tons and tons of negative feedback from fans on social media, perhaps rightfully. So I'm only saying that cause I don't know the whole story. I know enough of it to say that there is question and controversy around how he handled, uh, a not so personal affair professionally. Um, And again, that's a whole lot of conjecture that I'm just not going to dive into. But the reason that a lot of people are like, no, we don't want to see Michael Elgin go over is mostly because of that, but also because of the fact that, in my opinion, I feel Michael Elgin is way overhyped.
3: No. 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 I don't. Ooh. ooh. You need to watch some uh, New Japan stuff, some ROH stuff. I'll pass. And, uh.
2: Normally, I would say you're right. I, I've seen some of his work. Not all of it, of course. But uh, yeah, um, maybe I'm wrong. All right. I, I'll be the guy. I, be that guy. I,
3: think you're, I think you're just letting your personal feelings cloud your judgment in this regard. Much like the social justice warriors that we have now oh, been talking about. Oh,
2: wow. And I just got labeled. You suck.
3: Yeah. And you fell right <laughs> into it. Instead you! of using Instead of using your journalistic integrity... You used your social justice warriorism.
2: Oh, geez. Here
3: we go. <laughs> oh, wow. That
4: that
2: hurt. That hurts. That hurts. It's true, Rhino, Rhino makes his return to Impact, by the way, at the end of that oh, matchup. Cool. Saving Brian Cage from a beatdown and hitting the gore on Michael Elgin.
4: Cool.
3: So, It looks like maybe Impact might be starting to move towards the TV-14 experience also.
2: Could be, because their main anniversary is Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Oh my
3: God, what are these people going to watch? Is SpongeBob
2: (laughs) still on? I mean, you know, I kind of like
4: SpongeBob.
3: So we should, we should, we should, we should. Okay.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. whoa. Minus 15 points for every syllable that Stan Grubb just said in that last sentence. <laughs>
3: okay. We've already just, established he's a social justice warrior. Just, That's just, me.
0: Send Brian your player's club Board card. That's it. <laughs> send Brian your player's club card. That's it. You're done.
2: Me, damn it! It was me all along.
0: <laughs> From now on,
3: it's just going to be corner two. <laughs> I
2: kicked off my <laughs> uh,
3: lonely.
4: It's
2: lonely out here.
3: <laughs> so we should—I I, think—we should take this opportunity while we're while we're reminiscing the good old days and mention that. Uh, WWE Network has some decent programming in the Great American Bash. I think it is. That's up there now. You should watch. I think there's another one, maybe soon. The one up now has Dustin Rhodes versus Flair for the world title, in which well, I'm not going to spoil it. And then there should be one with Morton versus Flair. That was supposed to have been very, very good back when it occurred in 86, uh, according to the magazines. I never saw it, but it kind of put Morton up there in the fact that he could have had a nice singles run and been okay. So just on out. Now back to
4: you.
3: Oh, Whatever social justice thing you want to get on. Actually, I'm let's gonna, talk
2: uh, more about that Corey Corey Graves guy. How actually, dare he speak to Renee that way? Actually, I've we got, love you for actually,
0: I've yeah. got a match uh, from 2016: David St- uh, David Star versus. Michael <laughs> from I, don't think it's ever, I don't think it's ever seen the light of day.
2: <laughs> uh, instantly going to the Google. Let's <clears throat> see if we can find it. <laughs> David Starr is a great great wrestler. Oh so. God, yes. I'm
3: inclined to take your word. For was that he? One. Was he the one that uh, they're blowing up about overseas, where he steps on the title?
2: Yes, he's the one that stepped on the WWE UK Championship. Yeah. Apparently, that's a big, big no-no. We don't step on titles.
4: No, yeah, Kevin evil.
2: Owens. Kevin Owens did that to the U.S. title when he feuded with Cena,
3: and he. I won. think he slipped. I think he slipped.
2: Oh. You know, okay. <laughs>
3: Slippers. But yeah, David Starr is really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According to CageMatch.net, there's some matches out there. <laughs> yeah, they even mentioned Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you know? The real A.W.E. Says who? Uh, Murder One and uh, the other guy that runs it. I can't remember his name. Okay. Why do I always forget? Then- Wheeler.
0: Yeah, Wheeler. Josh yes. Wheeler.
2: Yes. Uh realistically,
0: murder, Josh, I miss y'all, but next time <laughs> pay me.
2: Ooh. Bam. I, ouch. <laughs> there is it. That's a hollow point. And oop, yep, that went right through. I think that's a headshot, sir. Uh so <clears throat> let's well, see here again. So a, main it, event it's, of it certainly <laughs> what,
0: it certainly wasn't a shot in their non existent wallet.
2: Ooh. Oh. Oh. And now he's pouring gasoline on the wound. Oh no! There was
0: one it, day, there man. was one day where Josh said he was going to the ATM, and I didn't hear from him for a week. Mm.
3: Oh, I mean, he could have gone to Poughkeepsie.
0: You know, I hear
3: the ATMs there are pretty mean.
2: <laughs> maybe he had that that whole you know, hey, I I I got I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. I'm gonna go to the doctor. When I'm done at the doctor, then I'll go to the ATM. Right. Maybe maybe his car broke down <clears throat> on the way there. I got to stop and get a shake first. Milkshake. Right, right. Milk. Yeah, yep, okay. I love you, milkshake. Yep, I'm going to call tow truck driver. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to go to we're going to go to cookout. We're going to get a mm-hmm. milkshake. When we get the milkshake, then I'm going to go to the doctor because you know I'm not feeling good. And after mm-hmm. I go to the doctor, I'm going go to the ATM and I'll be back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I had something going on, I, mean, I feel for him. social justice. <laughs> Am I doing it right? Mm, no. Damn it.
3: I mean, the social justice warriors can't even get this shit straight right now. Beep. Uh, 1042. Damn it. Somebody slow on the ball tonight. woo You can't beep me. Nobody
2: beeps the kid. <laughs> As Brian would say, the FCC won't let him be. <laughs>
3: uh, ooh, that's such a good line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: apparently, apparently Sorry, so, family member. Sorry, fam. Enzo.
2: Sorry.
0: So let me guess. Basically, if this actually works, oh, it might. It might. It might. Okay. So for the reasons involved. It could come down to something like this. You, you
3: could talk your way out of this. You betrayed me. Honest. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My touch didn't come back from the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood.
4: Lucas, it wasn't my fault. I swear to God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: <boring>.
0: I win <laughs> the,
2: the guy's just got troubles man I mean, show some show some sensitivity some compassion
0: some decorum
2: some decorum some couth
0: uh, you are so full of graves it ain't even funny no.
2: oh <laughs> you leave that man alone <laughs> <laughs> <Nabbin>. <laughs> that's it I'm calling Renee tell her I said hi oh. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Hello, Renee. Really. Actually, I will um, not. <laughs> no, you better not. Because then I'd end up getting beat up with barbed wire and all sorts of craziness. I'm a, I'm a pass on that, actually. <laughs> I'm a pass. Hey, Mr. Moxley, how you doing? Sorry, sir. I'm just going to sit over here.
3: Uh, you can uh, reach me, however, at uh, strcp at uh, msn.com, and we can discuss Moxley how you can come on the show and talk
2: to Stan personally. <laughs> oh, jeez. Good God. I, I imagine this kind of person that when unleashed is not not safe. Yeah. <laughs> that would hurt a lot.
3: Hey, I'll even I'll leave get him to a show for you if, if you want. I mean, you know, the price is right. I'll, I'll sell him out. Dun, dun, wow. Dun,
0: dun.
3: And then it'll just be corner. <laughs> there won't even be a <laughs> tube anymore. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the wonderful wrestling corner. <laughs> <laughs> the pimp daddy is on the corner. But I had my money.
4: <sighs>
2: Boy, this went south fast. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, oh, go ahead. So,
3: right, so here's something that you know. Again, Cornet is a, is is just full of wisdom, and I never put two to two together on this, but he brings up the fact on one of his shows that uh, when Virgil's in the WWE, Virgil gets named after Dusty. Right? Virgil. Virgil Runnels. Mm -hmm. And that when Virgil goes WCW, they change the name to Vincent so that Dusty can then just turn around and (laughs) stick to Vincent Kennedy McMahon pal. I thought, I was like, how do, how do I miss that? How does that go on for 20 years and now I have to learn from Cornette? The like sad nobody thing else is, picked
2: up on that? The sad thing is Dusty comes in and they do what they do to him he's like, okay, cool. He just, and he makes money with it. Like, he's just like, alright, I'm going to laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in polka dots. Put me in a straw cap. I don't care.
3: Mhm. Yeah, it's amazing. Funny, funny, great. Anyway, take it back to you, Stan. Back to me. I just—I always wanted to say that. Back to you, Stan. <laughs> back to you,
2: Brian. Thank you, Brian. So my turn. I appreciate again. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's like a reverse, like a Uno. Back to you, Brian. No, <laughs> uh, nope. Mm-mm. New
3: Uno rules. You can't do that.
2: You can't double stamp a triple stamp.
3: Nope. Not anymore. Mm-mm. Official rules for draw twos and draw fours.
2: Oh, yeah, no stacking. That's the Yeah,
3: no stacking.
0: Yep.
2: Then the uh, online app
0: that I've been using has been doing it wrong, and it's allegedly yep. an official Uno game app.
3: What's it called? Trace?
0: No, it's called Uno.
2: <laughs> Dose. <laughs> oh, my God. Dose Eki? Oh, wait, that's a <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but they actually, the Uno app actually allows you to reverse, reverse, reverse.
2: Oh, well, you can play it like well, you yeah. over top of one, but it's not, it's still going to be only two cards getting drawn.
3: Yeah. No longer one of those, you know, you have four of them in your hand and right. you just put 20 cards on somebody. Right. Man, that's so hateful, too. Such good memories of doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Especially to a (laughs) five-year-old.
2: Of course you did. Because
3: it's you. Of course you did. Oh, you got Uno? Oh, wait a second. Let me show you how this works. (laughs) Draw four. Draw four. Draw four. Oh, it's still my turn. Draw two. Draw two. Mm How many cards you got? Up. Enough draw
2: two. <laughs> Here's some more. Take some
3: more. Oh guess what? I got Uno. You know, I'm out. <laughs> and on a draw four. Here's another one for you. Get out of here,
0: kid. Yeah, no. I've had that happen before where I get um have two draw fours left and I just use them to go out. Yeah. That's what we were raised on.
2: They've changed it now so where you can make somebody pick up like there's a blank card where you make up your own like wild or whatever. So you can make a draw forty.
0: <clears throat> I would have to kill somebody.
2: <laughs> well, you figure if you draw forty, you're gonna get what? You you got a great shot at getting a whole bunch of wild cards, draw fours, draw twos, and all that. Yeah. So it's not exactly as if the person that just did that to you is gonna go, you know, out that next turn unless exactly you've not been paying attention. Right. So this is something I just stumbled upon the day. Um, Insanity? No. no, That still eludes me. It eludes me to this day. No, also Ah. eluding me. (laughs) Also eluding me. Uh, No, actually, this is uh, in the form of a scam out there, so buyer beware. Jerry Lawler's former podcast co-host, Glenn Moore, has been accused of scamming fans out of thousands of dollars. One fan reportedly had paid $1,500 for an oil painting through Glenmore, uh, but didn't receive the painting and was never given his money back.
0: Dead man walking.
2: Lawler commented on the situation. I am totally shocked by this behavior. I mean, we did like 90 podcasts together over a period of years. This is a guy I thought was a friend, and I trusted him. I'm certainly sorry this has happened. We're going to work to try to make this thing right one way or another. Hopefully, we'll be able to get people's money back. If not, we'll get them the artwork they tried to buy. Lawler also added the following on Twitter. I'm sure many of you have heard some of my fans have been taken advantage of through a dishonest scheme that I was never aware of. Let it be known that I am not doing art commissions, nor do I have any memorabilia for sale. So if someone promotes or advertises or contacts you for services on my behalf, it is not legitimate. I am working to get this unfortunate situation resolved as quickly as possible, and I apologize to my fans that have been affected by this. Um, That's going to be... uh, A real uncomfortable ride to the jail in Tennessee for Mr. Moore. Yep.
3: However, we should extend the olive branch to uh, Mr. Lawler. And should he like to come on and speak to his fans, corner to corner is more than happy to oblige. Indeed. See, Stan? That's how you do it.
0: Thank you for (laughs) Naki.
2: SmackDown number one announcer. Uh, You know what? Hey, Mr. Lawler would be very, very welcome here at all times.
3: Oh, oh, he'd be funny. He'd
2: be so funny. He would be. He'd
3: be a blast. Probably better than Stan.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, then it would just be (laughs) King Corner. The King's Corner? King's Corner, yes.
3: Yeah, because the Queen would have been left out.
2: Ouch. That hurts. That hurts.
3: Hey, you can't cut us off.
2: Yeah, really. I think we just got played out. What the what? The what? Uh, well, I guess that's going to do it. I guess we're done. Uh, um, okay, well, I, I guess that's our cue, Brian. I guess we've been, we've been told.
3: We're not, we're not getting cut off. We're not cutting <laughs> us off right now.
2: If he presses the button, what do we do?
3: What do we uh, do, Brian? You,
2: you keep talking. You talk over to music. <laughs> well, we definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. We had a lot of fun talking about staying in The Undertaker and The Undertaker in Goldberg or The Undertaker in Hollywood Hogan. What would have happened if Hogan – excuse me, if The Undertaker had jumped ship to WCW? That would have been – a tremendous thing to watch. I can definitely guarantee that because I think The Undertaker in and of itself, the the guy behind The Undertaker really would have had a major role. So that would have been really interesting to see. Now, question is, will we ever see The Undertaker versus Sting? That, I think, is going to be the ultimate question.
3: Can I just say no? No. Just let me live that out in what if land
2: So you're uh, killing the what if
3: Yeah um Yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So Brian says well, it's not so much
3: it's not so much killing the what if right It's not so much it's some knucklehead thinking this is such a brilliant idea to roll these guys down to the ring for one more shot and <laughs> taking the chance that we may have an Undertaker Goldberg type situation and both of their illustrious careers are now tarnished because that's all some people are ever going to know about them. Makes sense.
2: Makes sense. I believe that, uh, you know, it's tough. Anytime you see one of your heroes retire, Shawn Michaels for me, Ric Flair for Brian, I mean, you you see these guys retire. You want to see them back because you want to remember it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you don't really want them to damage the legacy they've left behind. And why should they? Which is a great question. You know, why would they want to do that? But they still do it, unfortunately. Uh, Hopefully, we won't see it as much. But I guess we'll find out as we go forward.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, I think we're going to see it pretty soon when ultimately roman reigns will probably face off against the undertaker and this will be some stupid passing of the torch when undertaker's passed to god knows how many people and reigns doesn't need that torch
2: indeed indeed he does not i don't think uh, there's really a need for it but i would have to agree with you that it seems like it's really heading that direction so, you can catch up with the show on Twitter at C2C Radio Show. You can also catch up with us on Facebook at Corner to Corner Wrestling or Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. Uh, there's a group page and there's a fan page. Most of the activity takes place somewhere between the both. Um, and, of course, uh, you can also catch up with Brian on Twitter at STRCP21. It's 21, right? Yeah, yes. it's 21. I, I, I seem to forget after a while. The
3: hot to mail. <laughs> at the hotmail,
2: at the hotmail. No, that's it. we're talking Twitter, buddy. Twitter. Uh, but indeed, you can find him on Twitter at strcp21. He's Brian Taylor on the Facebook, and uh, he doesn't have an Instagram. And it well, I no, do. I'm sorry, I just he just does. Yeah, he doesn't know what it is. <laughs> his name <laughs> The show does have an Instagram. It's a corner at the number two corner. Uh, don't forget that UCW is headed to Tazwell, Virginia on the 17th.
3: And we will discuss that more
2: next week. That's right. It'll be our countdown to Taswell. It's going to be a great little show. We'll talk all about the next Ultimate Championship Wrestling Venture. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Stan from Krypton and Eddie. Yo What do you got on the schedule, sir, for Beyond Ringside Radio Network? Headed to this week.
0: Slowly but surely, trying to get back into the groove. It's been topsy turvy for the last few weeks, uh, mainly because the real job or the day job just decided they were going to work me six days a week again. Thanks so much. Also, um. <clears throat> So much going on right now. I just want to say, um, I joked about it earlier uh, this past Wednesday. For the folks, if you are a fan of good music and you get a chance to check out Jeff Lynn's Electric Light Orchestra coming to us, uh, possibly a city near you soon, and if those tickets are still available, get one. I guarantee you, you're going to have a great time, plain and simple. Also, you know, hey, what the hell? Um, at Beyond Ringside on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Beyond Ringside, and Facebook.com slash Beyond Ringside Live. Um, from there, BeyondRingside.com is home, as well as ProWrestlingRadio.net. And for everybody catching uh, this on the original side, it'll be on the station. Uh, for those of you who know that there have been two stations, I'm actually shutting down the second station, taking everything back over to server room, and if they screw up this time, I'm going to fly to New York and kick somebody in the straight in the teeth. And if they don't have teeth, I'll buy them teeth just so I can kick their teeth down their throat.
2: In short, someone's teeth are going to get kicked. Eventually, yes. Wow. Well, uh, you can catch up with us, of course, at C two C Radio. At, uh, excuse me, C two C Radio. Listen to my Dot com in replay rotation as well. As always, Eddie, we want to thank you so much for the hospitality we definitely appreciate you always a pleasure and uh, with that let's go ahead and head out the way we head out the same way we came in by saying stop happy it. trails <laughs> to
3: you oh, I was oh that was that wasn't was way we the way we were gonna
2: do it i was gonna put the warning out there to the social justice warriors but you know hey happy trails works for me we can do the happy trail <laughs> Social justice. Is that... I I know,
4: right?
3: that's, that's you, bud. Is that it? I'm going to get you a shirt.
2: <laughs> social justice! I'm going to paint my face.
3: Triggered. we want social that's, justice! That's what your shirt's going to say. Triggered.
2: <laughs> I got to do the... I, I don't have the hair for it. Uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks and have a great night.